Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 109 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Do not fear fear, put it to work instead. In this episode, we talk about how to make fear work in your favor. Thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hey there, and welcome to episode 109 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. I'm your co-host, Larry Gates, along with Armin Asadi. Armin, how are you? Fantastic. All right, good. How are you? Hey, I'm a, I'm a happy papa now. Grandpapa. Now. <laughs> yeah, you had to put that on there. Grand. Yes, my daughter had a baby boy. Very excited about that. Woo! Yes, and he's out of intensive care and into the world and back home now today. And Yeah, it was, so, it was a pretty intense delivery. Oh, huh? oh, yeah, it was quite intense. And I am really looking forward to holding him for the first time. So. Oh, you still haven't gotten <laughs> Not yet. Up? No, because he's been in intensive care. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think that. about that. Yeah. So anyway, very, very proud pop over here. And I'm expecting my friend Armin here, my younger friend Armin, to give me all kind of, <laughs> all kind of comments here. So I'm already girded up. <laughs> so I bring him on, Armin. Do your worst. <laughs> well, I already got to see a little bit of your grandpa reflexes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. You, you threw a snowball at me. <laughs> it was a little startling. Welcome to the show. Enough of that stuff. But, you know, when you become a grandfather, you got to boast a little bit. And so I'm. I'm boasting of my new grandson, but <laughs> this is a podcast for what's next in life. Hey, Armin, we got to do a grandfathering episode <laughs> or grandparenting episode, I should say. But we want to help you explore what's new in your life, how to reinvent it, the opportunities and the ventures you're made to pursue. This is the Reinventure Me podcast. You're going to find the show notes for this episode at reinventure.me slash 109. And I think we've got a fun show here today. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you call talking about fear fun, but it's going to be a good one. The fun of fear. The fun of fear. <laughs> All right, fear not. We have an Inspire Me That's teed right. up for you. So Ambrose Redmoon says, Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. Mm. That's pretty good. Where did you? I, how did you even find this? Quote? I love that. I think I read his book. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of from his book. I've never even heard of this guy. So I was like, oh. And I just love it because, I mean, it was kind of funny. You and I have kicked around a lot of topics for the show and i know recently we were sitting here wondering what should we do a show about you know and <laughs> and and it was a little bit like lord give me a sign right remember that yes remember when we did that this is hilarious like, to me. like lord give me a sign and and all of a sudden we both look up on my wall and i've had on this wall here in our studio a four foot sign since we started, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and it, and it's it just, before we started. It says two words, right? <laughs> yeah. What does it say? Armin? Live courageously. Live courageously. <laughs> you know what? We've not we've not done an episode 
around courage and fear and all that. Yep. And and really, the question is, how do you take like Lord gave us a sign? It's been sitting there right on the wall. <laughs> literally a sign. Uh, yeah, <laughs> literally a sign. And it's been sitting there this entire time. How do you take this? idea of living courageously and and bringing it down really practical yeah because i mean you know when when you think of courage and you think of courageous people right you tend to think well i do anyway but i'll test you sure who do you think of i think of i tend to think of like firefighters okay you know and people who risk their lives for saving other people's lives yeah you know the the real heroes that have gone off to war yeah so that we would have freedoms i mean these are courageous men and women who've sacrificed a right. lot. And I tend to think about that. Right. And so if we take this idea that I have on my wall, this reminder every day when I come into my office, it says live courageously. If we think, if we take that right down to a practical level, most of us don't have the opportunity to go out and like save someone who's dying. That's that true. Day. So how do we take this concept of living courageously, dealing with our fears in a very practical day-to-day way? Right. And, which is interesting because you've dealt with this topic quite a bit. You have a lot of content around it. So that's why I'm kind of laughing at the situation because you have so much to talk about around this. I mean, you've literally done workshops on this, haven't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and my ministry is Bold Path. You know, there's a really bit of a problem when you've got a sign on your wall that says Live Courageously and you've got a ministry that says Bold Path and you're like looking at yourself in the morning. You know, I don't feel very bold and I don't feel very courageous. And yet I've got all these reminders here right. <laughs> right, every day to, to, to rise up and to, and to live that way. And sometimes courage is really just being willing to get up the next day and start yeah. over, you know, yeah. and it comes right down to that. We want to talk about fear today. We want to talk about it right down kind of at a practical level because, you know, there's a lot that's been said and written about fear. I've certainly taught workshops on it and there's a lot of ground to cover here so much so that you can get desensitized to it and you know end up going out and maybe even buying one of those no fear t-shirts you know oh, just gosh. like yeah <laughs> i remember know. those yeah right <laughs> and there's almost this cultural wisdom or this cultural sense that fear is certainly something you shouldn't have and and there are some who never have it at all mm-hmm. you know they're just like living in no fear right yeah I'd like to take some of those people and maybe, you know, see how fearful they might be if they were subjected to something like being tossed out of an airplane without a parachute or you're going to get fear there. I mean, fear is a kind of a natural response yeah. and yet we can choose how we deal with it Mm -hmm. when it comes. That's what we want to talk about today. And I think it's good to even start out by saying that I think culturally we've created this negative stigma around the idea of fear as if having fear and that in general it's entirely bad thing that somehow if you have fear that there's something weak with you or wrong with you when in reality like you said it's natural and natural is good so if you think about it okay a couple examples one the fight or flight thing that takes place when you get scared right right so you see i'm deathly scared of snakes can't stand even when (laughs) i see them on tv i freak out i want to cry and crawl under a hole and just die without it biting me but if you see a snake and you freeze up, that's not a bad thing. That's uh, Fear actually helped you, right? So mm-hmm. you, you froze up. What's the best thing to do when you see a snake? Don't move. Right. Because it'll bite you, right? Or say you're in the middle of a mall and some shooter comes out, but your fear response is to f- have flight run, right? Yes. But it can, so fear can save your life. So at least having the understanding that fear is not exactly the worst thing in the world. And that's the reason why I think you've built it around 
using fear to your advantage because fear itself is not bad, but using fear, working fear into your life in a way that makes it useful to you or makes you a better version of you is I think the the way that you frame it is what makes it really catchy to me. Yeah, and you know who gave a great example of that is our guest from two weeks ago, Jerry, Jerry. Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now we had planned to do this episode on you know making fear work for you, but but Jerry talked about procrastination as a writer. Now, he's written 187 books, so if anybody knows how to write, it's Jerry, right, you know, Jerry yeah. Jenkins. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go back to 107. But he talks about he really does kind of procrastinate until like the last possible minute that he knows <laughs> This is when I have to get started today, yeah. you know, if I'm going to get meet the deadline. So right. he used the fear of not making the deadline as his motivator hmm. to get going. Interesting. And that was a remarkable way to do that because what he did was he really brought forth this idea of turning fear upside down. So instead of just using it as something, well, I mean, so often, I mean, don't we? Fear is so prevalent that we fear fear. Yeah. And so the idea is, the jury's like, no, I know this is going to happen. And so I, I use that as kind of energy for me to yeah. move forward because now I know it's almost do or die. Sure. I have to get going. I have to make it work. And he, and he presses into it. And I very much identify with that because right. um, being the physicist that I am you know, from the background, sure. at least not anymore, yeah. but there was a thing called a barrier potential in physics. Okay. And basically what it is, I mean, is that you have to give an electron a certain amount of energy before it moves to a new orbit, right? Before okay. it becomes something, it, it combined with something else perhaps. And it's that it won't move until it gets that amount of energy. So you can keep putting energy into it. And until it reaches that particular point, then it will move. And that's kind of how I am sometimes when I get started with something mm. is I've got to have enough energy to it. And sometimes it's that fear that can kind of bring you to that. Interesting. And it happens a lot with people who are artists, um, you know, writers, the creative, else, types. The creative types where yeah. you have a self-imposed timeline that you need to get something going. I love what Steven DeStabler said. He says, artists don't get down to work until the pain of working is exceeded by the pain of not working. Oh, interesting. And, and that's true not only just for artists, I think. Yeah. It, it can be true in a lot of professions. It's like sometimes it gets to the point where not doing something is so much more painful than doing it. And right. I think that's where Jerry was at. I think when he says he gets started when the pain of not doing it exceeds the pain sure. of doing it. Yeah. You know? And and that's because that's the point where we start to make a choice. Hmm. That's the point where we can see where fear now allows us to make a choice. And the thing I love about how Jerry articulated it was, it wasn't just fear and he was succumbing to it. It was fear and he was choosing. Hmm. And he was making a choice about it. And to get fear to work for you is to recognize that fear is really a reverse pointer to something else, to something that's greater. So, okay, help, help me understand that a little bit. I think I get what you're saying, but help, help break that down for me a little. So when I say reverse pointer, I mean that fear naturally drives us to self-protection. And when we look at a time when we have fear, when we know we're being fearful about something, something's rising up inside of us, it's creating this resistance, and we know it's fear of some kind, it's usually fear is there to prevent something from happening. And often it prevents action, keeps us from doing stuff, right? Sure, yeah. So if we can figure out that... It's keeping us from doing something, but what's the greater purpose? So what I loved about what Jerry said was he knew, you remember he said this, he yeah. knew that in the publishing business, very few authors actually make their deadlines, <laughs> right? Yeah. So he knew that when he was fearful and making fear work for him, when he was fearful, 
that he wasn't going to be able to make the deadline, that's when he kicked in hmm. because it was a reverse pointer. That fear pointed to the greater value that he had. The greater value was to be the guy that shows up, to be the guy that submits his manuscript on the time. The one out of a hundred. The one out of a hundred that submits <laughs> that, his manuscript on time. That's all you have to do is That's, just stand out. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's actually brilliant in, in terms of how he said it because it's actually it, it combines two goals. You know, back... Oh, I don't know. Where was it? Back in episode uh, 70, when we talked about procrastination, because this is kind of what Jerry was talking about, right? We talked about procrastination. We talked about two kinds of goals. If you remember, there was a prevention goal where you're trying to keep something from happening. There's a promotion goal where you're trying to get something to happen, right? Right. And Jerry basically had both of those wrapped into that one thing, right? Mm -hmm. So when he knew that there was the possibility of missing a deadline, yeah, that was a prevention goal, right? The the worst that could happen, the loss that he might suffer, is that he doesn't get it there on time. Yep, right. But he also knew because of what he said about how many people actually make it <laughs> that if he did make it, it was a promotion opportunity because he'd stand out. Right. Because only one of a hundred actually actually make their get deadlines. Right. 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 So it was kind of a beautiful thing the way he framed it because that fear that he saw inside of him was a reverse pointer to something else that was even a greater goal for him. I was reading a book, Armin, from David Bales and Ted Orland, and they said, and this is about art making, but uh, writing or probably anything that you do applies here. Okay. And, they, and they said, fear, fears about art making fall into two families, fears about yourself and fears about your reception by others. And in general way, fears about yourself prevent you from doing your best work, while fears about your reception by others prevent you from doing your own work. Huh. And I love that because there's we're either sacrifice one or the other, doing our best work or doing our own work. Yeah. And in both cases, it's driven by fear. It's a good good description of a majority of entrepreneurs that I know, including me. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is all just about validation, right? right. We all want to have some level of validation. Right. And part of the big driver of fear is that it drives us to say, well, you know, am I going to get validated from this? Am I going to be okay on the other side? Yeah. It's such a draining process when you live for the validation from others. It is. Because it's just, you can't appease everyone. Right. And there's, yeah, that's it. I just hate that process because I've been like that. And I, I just, I hate myself when I'm like that, actually. It's the old dichotomy of, am I doing it for love or for money? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And because, you know, money might give might give you some satisfaction in terms of being able to pay the bills, <laughs> but inside you kind of feel like, well, I'm not really doing what I love. Right. And there's a fear on both sides of those things. Yeah. Uh, the money one is real when you don't have it. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> it, it, gets, it frames up really clearly, right? Yeah. So the key here is to get fear to work for you by understanding what it's pointing to and then choosing your higher purpose. So when Jerry Jenkins says, hey, I use fear to drive me because I know I might miss my deadline if I wait too much longer. Yeah. Right. He was really tying into that use of fear as a way of saying that's going to get my rear on in the seat in front of the typewriter and get myself going. And then that's a positive use of fear. That's a good yeah. use of fear. That is really good. I, I think for me, and I've probably used this example way too many times, but I think it it's one of the most motivating, inspiring things I've ever done for myself is facing my fears or using fear to my advantage of... So you jumped in a pit of snakes? No, <laughs> not what I haven't done yet. 
I haven't done that yet. Oh, God. I just gave him the heebie-jeebies. I just remember that scene from Indiana Jones and still makes me... I hate snakes. I hate snakes. I can't stand them. can't stand them. They're the worst. I have a fear of heights, but I... Oh, so do I. Do you? Yeah, I get on a stepladder. It's all over. (laughs) Are you serious? Well, I think it in part came because I was up on my roof one summer and I had a pressure spray washer up there to spray wash all the saplings that were growing on my cedar shakes <laughs> i had saplings that were like eight or ten inches high Are you oh yeah and so at the top of my roof i had a pressure spray washer and i was spraying off the tile right sure. and i slipped oh. and i'm sliding down the roof almost falling off my kids you know were like five or six or playing below me, oh and i would have gosh. fallen probably right next to them and died oh. <laughs> but i had enough presence of mind to work my way over to a dry spot and i stopped just before the edge and i'm i'm just frozen like oh all the gosh. adrenaline and everything i probably was up there for 15 minutes just just <laughs> laying, laying there you know i don't blame you <laughs> ptsd <laughs> yeah there you go that's what it is <laughs> funny so yeah I, uh, I i guess my story is a little different but uh, my fear of heights has turned into like my 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 love of adrenaline almost huh? yeah so like uh bungee jumping skydiving so we used to in the winter time when i was like a young teenager we'd actually make a ramp on top of my roof of the garage with snow and then we'd make another ramp uh, on the ground and it would kind of kind of connect the two but you're jumping off of it and we yep. would slide down off my roof onto the ground and we'd build jumps and but i i, I was still terrified every time i'm up there but i love the adrenaline it was just, <laughs> like yeah i don't know what it is you i have, have a hard that time manly moment where you just want to uh, beat your chest well like, i have a hard time with it you know i took my kids to lake tahoe one summer did i tell you about this story i took them to lake mm-hmm. tahoe and my boys uh, jonathan and joshua were really trying to get me to go parasailing with them okay and i'm like i'm not gonna do parasailing <laughs> i'll go on the boat you guys can go you know it's too high and <laughs> and then joshua the clever guy that he is he says you know dad they've got one of these parasailing straps that all three of us can go up so uh, you'd only have to go once and you get time with your boys and we'd be making a memory and well, you know like, he's doing all this stuff right <laughs> and you know what he's doing actually it's really this it's it's fitting to what we're talking about here sure. because he's reminding me of my reverse pointer right yep. he's reminding me that oh my fear of this a greater purpose would be to make a memory with my boy so all right so i succumb i said all right if all three of us can go up so we get on the boat we go out sure. and the captain's about ready to let us out and he goes um guess what this harness for the three of you won't work because you'll be overweight so only two of you can go up. I go, that's great. You two guys go. And they go, no, we want to go up with you, each of us. So I not only, I don't know, we went, went up, I went up twice. That's awesome. Oh, I man. bet they Talk, set that up. Oh, just well, I, I wondered, you know, my clever, clever guy, clever guy that he is. I think he might have, but it was definitely leaning in, leaning into a fear. Yeah. How'd you feel afterwards though? Well, I felt gratified that I was on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> really? the, the hardest part for me was not necessarily being up there is when the boat turned and the winch, the wire on the winch moved over oh. and it just ripples all the way up and rattles yeah. oh, you. Gosh. And I'm like, uh, mm. <laughs> didn't like that at all. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm God's record here. I'm, I am a, I am a wimp. 
for heights. So, <laughs> all right. So we'll keep it project based just for this one. <laughs> exactly. So right. here's the, here's the point. We got we got to look at how we can frame our fear by first of all, under you know, really understanding what it points to, right? And let's drill this down not into just life fears like we've been talking about or mean, but when it comes to the projects and the ventures and the aspirations that you have, the goals that might be in front of you that that maybe you're fearful of what that might look like as you move toward them. And maybe you don't quite have the discipline that Jerry Jenkins does to sit down and write 187 books and he knows when that trigger is going to occur and it's so natural for him, it's almost second nature. Maybe you're just seeing that happen and you're like, well, what do I do and how do I get around my being stuck in this and yeah. move forward? So I want to suggest some things you can do. All right, shoot it off. First, when you contemplate what your project or venture is, ask what fears come to mind with it. So I, I'm taking some cues here for my own uh, with some work that I'm doing in a new business venture I'm working on. And one of the, the things that I've come up with in terms of my trail of lists, right, is, is for me, these are th- almost recurrent themes. One is that I'll waste my time doing it. In other words, it's sure. not going to be fruitful. And it'll be like, okay, there's a big time sink that I yeah. invested a lot of time. I have that a lot too, yeah. so I can empathize. Right. And then it'll take more time than I expect. Right. You know, so I'm kind of fearful that not only will I get into it, but yeah. it's going to require more of me than I, I wanted. And I think ultimately the fear there is it's going to lock me in. And I think there's something about me that doesn't like to just be locked into one thing. Yeah. I like the variety. That's part of who I am and what I do. Right. And Renaissance so soul. there's, yeah, I think so. And and so that all kind of plays together. Those are s- some of the fears for me that come about when I contemplate my project or venture and you know, when you think about what it is you're trying to pursue, think about what are some of those underlying fears that you might have? Okay. So if you're in a situation like that, that the type that you're describing and you feel locked in or it's going to take more time than you expect and all that stuff. So what do you do with that then? So you have now your first step is to identify kind of what those fears are. Right. So now you've identified it. So what happens? Second, second step is, Think about what's the reverse pointer. What does that point to? So in other words, come up with what your higher order goals are, okay. right? So what are the prevention and promotion goals? I, I think it's good to look at both. So okay. the prevention goal being, what do I stand to lose? So ask yourself, all right, what do I lose if I don't do this? So I'm assuming yours would be time, money, and being distracted from other more fruitful projects. Correct. Okay. Yep. And then what do I stand to gain if I do it? So well, what what did you decide based on Okay, that? so some of the things that I stand to lose, for instance, might be, well, I would I would regret it if I never tried it. Oh, you know, okay. it would it would stand out there as as a potential regret, right? But what I stand to gain is I can gain experience, I can gain knowledge, I can gain the possibility of new connections, the possibility of maybe it being a stepping stone to something greater and the possibility in fact that it might actually work. Yeah. Which you, I know for sure it won't work if I don't do it. Yeah. And I stand to gain all the possibility of that learning if I do. Hmm. So now I've taken a look at both what do I stand to lose and what do I stand to gain. And that anchors me on that important question we've talked about a lot, Armin, is why. You know, the whys of why we're doing it. What's What's the greater point? Sure. So when you get down to that, you can start to get into this question now of not just looking at the fear of it and go, you know, yeah, it might be a waste of time. It might be all those things. But now I can say... Hey, let's focus on what I stand to gain yeah, or what I might potentially lose. I mean, I don't want to do it because I don't want to regret it. I started my business 20 years ago on that 
what I would regret question, what I stand to lose. Because hmm. I had an opportunity to go work for another company and I chose to start my own business. Yeah. And I did that at the time because I felt like if I didn't do it then, I probably regret not having done it. And yeah. I'd always be looking over my shoulder wondering if now was the time to do it. Hmm. So I just decided I don't want to live with the future of regret about it. Sure. I'm just going to do it. I don't remember what the organization was, but they did this cool little, I don't know what you want to call it, case study or whatever it was, but they recorded it on video and they put up this really big whiteboard in the middle of New York City and they put, what was your greatest regret? Mm. That's the only question they put up there. And then just random people that are just walking by would see the board and they'd come fill out you yeah. know, what their greatest regret was. And after they did this several times over they noticed something really interesting that people's greatest regrets, well over 90% of them, I don't remember what the exact percentage was. It was like 90 some odd percent had nothing to do with the things that they did. All of them had to do with the things they, they, they never, they never did. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The, the greatest regret is always what you didn't do. Yeah. And think about that from a fear perspective, because fear creates inaction, right? And that's the freeze mm -hmm. or fleeing it, you know? Sure. So in either case, you're not moving into what you're doing. You're moving away from it. Yeah. Right. And so when you think about fear as being the pointer to your higher purpose, mm -hmm. then that's the thing you embrace. Right. That's the thing that you can go after. So now the third step, then once you've kind of identified what it points to is to now you can start laying actions that you can take to support your goals. And sometimes it's really amazing that we're not really clear on what our higher goal is until we start to see some of the things that we're fearful of, even smaller pieces of it. So getting some significant and concrete actions to support that is important. And then finally... Well, when, I, I'm curious, what are, what are the examples of actions you gave yourself, just so... Well, specifically in what I was working on to have some specific goals for when I was going to do some research around specific things that I didn't know about. Okay. So... Part of fear is some of the unknown. And so you're maybe making some assumptions when you don't know something right. that it's greater than it is. It's kind of like that objects in the rearview mirror are larger <laughs> than they appear. You know? And sometimes it Set looks that way. Flashback. Yeah. And so I set some specific goals for me to do research in some areas that I didn't know what I needed to know about sure. instead of presuming that they were going to either be a problem or not a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. And so then the last step that you can take is involving others and asking yourself, how can I involve others? Because community creates strength, Armin, in that it allows us to involve other people in what we're doing. Right. And it helps us overcome the, the fear that we have. And perhaps the best example of community creating strength is when Jesus said, fear not for I'm with you. Sure, yeah. And that's a promise of community right there that's yeah. pretty compelling. And if you think about it, I mean, having community with the one who knows everything about what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to beat that one, right. right? Right. I like what Dorothy Bernard said here. Courage is fear that has said its prayers. And I think that captures a little bit of what living courageously is all about is that, sure. you know, you get, you're getting prayed up and that's part of community and that's nothing better really than that. But I also think community sharpens our venture and the choices that we make. Yeah. Because when you tell somebody about what you're doing, you tell them about your goal yeah. and what you're planning to do. They ask you about it. They remind you about it. And yeah, it becomes a form of accountability. It, it becomes does. a form of motivation. It comes in the form of different perspectives. It becomes in the form of different connections and people. Yep. It just, it does so much. I think community is probably one of the greatest tools that anyone can have for 
pretty much anything, not just fear. Yeah, I mean, and and it, and it sharpens it because they bring their contribution to it. Yeah, as iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. And, uh, you know, a little bit of a preview here without saying too much, but Armin and I are working on a new venture uh, together, and we just invited somebody else into the community to, <laughs> to define that venture as well. Yeah. And that's part of adding strength to that, right? Yeah. I and mean, that's, that's part of what we do and why, why I think we want to do that. And then finally, I think community really helps because it increases our vulnerability or it causes us to choose to be vulnerable. Yeah. Because when people do ask, well, what's going on? How's it going? Hopefully you don't gloss over it and say, everything's great. Everything's, right. you know, couldn't be better. But you're, you know, you're really real about where things stand with it. Right. And especially if it's people who know you well, when you do something that doesn't align with what they know is your passion, what they know is what your desires and dreams and goals and aspirations are, but you decide to do something that doesn't align with any of them, the beauty of community is they will point that out and say, why, why are you doing that? What's the point? That doesn't align with anything that you want in life or your family, yourself, your business, your ministry. So why are you doing it? Right. Sometimes you realize the reason you're doing something is stupid. Like it's, oh, it's the money or it's what you've pointed out to me. You know, I, I've, I've gotten like that and you're like, what? that doesn't make sense. Why, why are you doing that? Like, I when I pointed out uh, what, what I was basically going to go after money, basically, yeah. for like... You were looking at an opportunity that was lucrative, yep, but not on core for who you are. Right, yep. but it took someone knowing me, because it, it's an emotional decision once you feel like... It is. You know, you're, you're in a quicksand, sinkhole, whatever you want to call it. You just think, all right, screw it. I don't, I, don't, I don't care about all these values that I've created around my life. I'm going to go after this thing. Yep. But, but take someone that knows you well enough to be like, well... So. Well, and that's a great example because in some ways that question was now a question of is fear motivating you to a higher purpose, a reverse pointer, or is it pointing you to self-protection? And for you to take a lucrative position that wasn't in alignment with who you are. At all. That was, it was, <laughs> right. It was a great self-protection move. Yeah. Because, yeah, it would pad you with all kinds of green bills. Yeah. But it wouldn't unleash what God's put inside of you. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, I, a, that's, I, I a, that's a wonderful example. It's wholeheartedly of, agree with the community thing, though. I mean, it's just, I can't say there's anything more spot on. Well, here, I mean, is one of the things, and maybe this is some is fodder for a future podcast, but I think this kind of authentic community is really, really rare. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening to this podcast and this idea of leaning into your fear is something that you believe that you want to explore and go deeper in your own life, I would challenge you to form a community where you are investing in each other purposefully in that yeah. way. You know, so that you're really leaning into what is the venture that God's put inside of you so that you start to say, hey, what are those fears that you're fearing? Because, you know, until I sat down in my journal and started saying, okay, here's where I'm going, but what am I fearful about it? I was not even really aware what some of those fears were. Yeah. I had to ask myself that through my journaling process and yeah. I have enough discipline with it. I know how to do that. But how often do we miss that opportunity because we don't purposefully and intentionally have a community where we ask each other about that. Mm -hmm. When we get together with people, we share, you know, stats and information about the day and politics or whatever else is funny or cat videos or whatever, <laughs> but we don't get into really the what's driving you and what's keeping you from it. The Thomas Merton questions yep. that we've talked about before. So I would really encourage you to create that kind of community if this is an area that is as interesting and appealing to you. Yeah. Which is really difficult for a lot of people to do because you have to get vulnerable and 
the issue with vulnerability is the fear of rejection. Yeah. Right. And right. I think it's also really hard to find like-minded people that are also sure. willing to do that. You know, so yeah. sometimes the best way to do it is to get vulnerable first. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we probably do would spit another episode on this. Yeah. Well, we should drop into a challenge me. Do it. All right. So if you have a goal that you want to achieve, think about what that goal is. And as I did when I was journaling, write down or decide, think through what are some of the fears that you have and then write what are the higher order objectives. So what are the goals, the the promotion and prevention goals that you might want to have? What is it that you stand to lose and what is it that you stand to gain? And that's how I would challenge you to think about whatever is that thing inside of you that you want to do, identify it, and then ask yourself, what is that pointing to? What's that higher goal? And that's how I think you turn fear and you make it work in your favor. Agreed. It's that, yeah, it's that perfect challenge that I think makes it really practical for any venture that people are part of. Well, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, make sure to just go to reinventure.me backslash 109, grab the notes to make things easier. Just subscribe to our podcast and it will be mailed to you each week. So for now, this is Armin Asadi and Larry Gates bidding you adieu. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.